Good morning, church. Good morning. My name is Michael. I'm a covenant partner. Uh, this Christmas, God wants to satisfy the hunger of your heart with his love, so much so that you overflow in thankfulness and rejoicing. Jesus Christ is the redemption of the world and the only place to find satisfaction for our soul. Too often people seek satisfaction from nibbling at the tables of the world, always wanting more. The gospel of Jesus Christ invites us all to come feast on his love and his grace. Uh, this morning, our scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. Hear the word of the Lord. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. All flesh is grass and all is beauty like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for all of our readers. Uh, I add my greetings to those that you have heard, and I promise uh, if you feel like screaming and crying, I'm not going to try to hold you and put water on your head. Um, so what a joy and a privilege it is uh, to celebrate God's covenant faithfulness. And I just saw little Giselle's heart, her desire to be in mom and dad's arms, and just saw my own heart just restless until I'm in the arms of the Father. And so today you might wonder, why have we read these Old Testament prophecies of Christ that, that talk about uh, the, the ceasing of hunger? that uh, will happen when we know the Messiah? Why have we read uh, Jesus's words that we bless, we're blessed uh, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness? Why did we read Revelation where around the throne of the Lamb it's declared that there will be no more hunger? Why do we study the prophetess Anna who is said to have hungered and prayed, fasted and prayed daily when she went to the temple and worship? The answer is because God's design to satisfy the hunger of our souls is for our focus in our faith to be on the person and work of Jesus Christ. So we have looked at this Advent season uh, and how do we move beyond just passive participation in the Advent and Christmas season, moving past busy schedules and gift buying and year-end deadlines and really moving into the fullness of what God wants to give us as his children in Jesus Christ. We started off uh, moving from passive participation. We talked about pondering, P-O-N-D-er, that we really want to pause and pray. We want to ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts. We want to notice the substance of the season, the, the substance of God's word, his work, his unchanging character. And with like fourth soil hearts, we want to decide that we're gonna focus on God's work and word. We're gonna be dependent on the spirit. And E, we're gonna expect the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and we're gonna rejoice and be glad. And then we talked about what that looks like after we moved from Mary pondering in her heart. Then we saw Mary marveling. She would just marveled at who Jesus was revealed to be. And in a story, the, the narrative is just saturated with extraordinary things, angels singing and choirs in the heavens and, and dreams happening and just amazing you know, virgins conceiving a child. 
that, that we're, we celebrated the ordinary ways by which God does extraordinary things in our hearts. That we move from pondering to marveling when we spend time in the ordinary thing of prayer, the ordinary thing in God of, of reading scripture, the ordinary thing of fellowship, the ordinary thing of worship. Looking at Simeon and his proclamation of God's word, we saw how his, God's spirit transforms the ordinary things and does extraordinary things in our lives. And that moves us to marveling. And today we're going to see how we go from a place of pondering to marveling to truly rejoicing by looking at the prophetess Anna. And here's the truth. As most of us come to this table, uh, come to this table of God's word to feast on what God has to say to us, we find ourselves trying to seek satisfaction by eating the things that our world feeds us. We have hungry hearts that are looking and longing for security, strength, satisfaction, significance, success, and we're still unsatisfied by where we have been looking for satisfaction. But the gospel invites us to see Jesus as king, newborn baby Jesus, and to focus our faith, to orient our hungers to truly and only hope in him. That's the invitation as we look at the prophetess Anna. But before we go to the proclamation, will you go with me to the Lord in prayer? Will you pray with me and ask the Holy Spirit to use us? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your work. We long to be a people who orient our hungers on you, Lord. We pray that you would help us truly find satisfaction in you to the point of overflowing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Real quick bio on Anna. What we know of her is what's in this passage. She was an 84-year-old woman. She had been a widow for years. After seven years of marriage, she got married when she was a virgin from the tribe of Asher. Her husband passed away tragically. And she went to the temple regularly, daily, fasting and praying so that she could encounter the redemption of Israel, the promised God. So we're going to first begin at the end and work our way up by looking at verse 38. And here's what it looks like to rejoice, to really go to that first point, to rejoice in Christ, who is our redemption. The first thing we see when we look at verse 38 is that she went out, coming that very hour, she began to give thanks. If you want a quick diagnostic of your heart, whether or not you truly rejoice in God, whether or not you've moved from pondering to majesty or you just have passive participation in this season, look at your level of gratitude. Are you grateful or do you grumble? Are you thankful or generally are you frustrated? This is just a diagnosis to look at our heart to see where we're finding satisfaction. Because when we seek Christ as the redemption of the world and we see Christ for who he is, born as child, he is a king, he is, a re he is the redeemer, then we overflow with gratitude and thanksgiving. The second thing that rejoicing looks like is not just thankfulness, but sharing. What did it say Anna did? Look at verse 38. She went around telling everyone, like the woman at the well who found satisfaction in the unconditional love of Jesus, who went to her village to share the substance of her satisfaction, her Savior Jesus Christ, so too Anna, when she saw the redemption of Israel, God's plan for salvation in the person of Jesus Christ, she was overflowing. 
You see, rejoicing isn't simply satisfaction that shows itself in gratitude. Rejoicing is satisfaction that overflows in sharing, that we can't help but pass along the love and the life that Christ is working in us. So rejoicing in Christ. What did Anna rejoice over? She rejoiced that Jesus was the redemption of Israel. Now the word redemption, it comes from this root word, lutron, and it literally means to buy or to purchase. And it was commonly used in this day in terms of the economy and particularly in regards to slavery, that there would be a lutron paid for the redemption or the freedom of someone who was in servitude. And this phrase is commonly used to describe the work of Jesus all through the New Testament because it's a primary picture of the work of God. This is to say that when Anna the prophetess saw the redemption of Israel, who is Jesus, she shared it with everyone because she knew this baby was born to die so that his blood might purchase a people for God and that all who have faith would move from a place of slavery to freedom, taking on a whole new identity as children of God. Anna was so saturated in the word of God that when she saw the redemption of God, she knew exactly the plan of God and moved out to share for the glory of God. This is rejoicing and overflowing. We see this same characteristic, not only with Anna, but other prophetess in scripture, whether it's Miriam, Joseph's sister, Deborah, who was a judge in Judges 4, Huldah, who, who's waiting for uh, the revelation of God in Second Chronicles led to revival under King Josiah, or even Hannah, whose song was sung by Mary herself when she trusted and believed that God would truly conceive in her new life. So rejoicing has this substance that it is involved in, in not only thankfulness, but also sharing who Christ is. But we ask quickly, what is it that leads us to understand Jesus in this way? The answer is focusing the hunger of our hearts. Now, all of us are tempted to define ourselves by our circumstances. All of us are tempted to, to define ourselves by where we are in life or what has happened to us. It's not an accident that Anna is described as a widow, but she is described as someone who understands herself married to the Lord. That her hunger was for something greater than just another husband. And, and when we settle in life and, and describe our identity simply as someone who has a certain position or a certain job or a certain status in life from a certain zip code, we miss the opportunity of living out of our primary identity as God's people. When grace saves us, scripture teaches in Colossians 1, 12 to 14, we're ripped from the domain of darkness and we're transferred, transplanted into the kingdom of God's beloved son through whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We are children of God, no matter what our circumstances are. And she models that and she orients her hungers. Now, now this is something she, she fasts and prays every single day when she goes to the temple. 
And as Western American Christians, generally we identify more clearly as satisfying the hungers of our hearts by being self-indulgent rather than being self-disciplined. Fasting is not something that is normally used to describe disciples of Jesus in America. But it is prescribed by the King of Kings to help us focus the hunger of our hearts so that we can not just be satisfied to the point of thankfulness, but we can be overflowing with gratitude. Hunger in fasting is, can be harnessed so that we can truly have our hope be Jesus Christ. And Anna went focusing her hunger for relationship on relationship with the Lord, focusing her hunger on redemption uh, uh, by focusing her hunger on the promises and person of who is Jesus Christ, the baby that was born. And this same invitation is for us. Now, Scripture, when Jesus teaches on fasting, he does it with expectation. He says twice in Matthew 6, when you fast, when you fast, he says twice. Expecting disciples who live in a fallen world, common with humanity, with hearts that hunger for security, hearts that hunger for significance, hearts that, hearts that hunger for status, hearts that hunger for success, that in this fallen world that we would be a people so in love with Jesus that when we pray, your kingdom come, your will would be done, that we'd focus our hungers of our heart and wait for the Messiah. Now, fasting in scripture is seen in Jonah 3 in regards to repentance. Fasting in scripture, Nehemiah 1, Ezra chapter 9, it's focusing our hearts and our hunger for restoration Fasting in scripture is uh, associated with the New Testament church in Acts 13, verse 3. They're praying and fasting and sending out missionaries. And fasting is a way that God gives us as an opportunity to respond to his grace by refraining from feasting on things of this world to unsuccessfully try to satisfy the hunger of our hearts so that we can feast on God's faithfulness his person and his work of Jesus Christ. Fasting is an invitation, invitation to live in self-denial so that our souls can be deeper satisfied with our Savior and the scriptures that he gives us, that the Holy Spirit will nourish us. That is what Christmas is about, the ultimate banquet table of provision for God's people to know the fullness of the life that he has for us. This is why the promises in scripture that we read, that there will one day be a place where there is no more hunger. How is that possible? Is it because there's a lot of food there? No, it's because the bread of life is in eternity. It's because the, the people who have been saved find such satisfaction in the savior of the world, there are no other hungers. That foretaste of eternal kingdom can be brought to bear in the lives of disciples today. And it's not rocket science. We have the opportunity to focus the hungers of our heart by saying no to feasting on things of this world. I have found that if I drive down to anyone and don't listen to podcasts or iTunes or, or Spotify, if I turn that radio off and drive with some quiet, I can refocus the hunger of my mind and the hunger of my heart and feast on God's faithfulness in prayer. I have found that there are times when we can refrain from certain food to focus our hungers during prayer. Noticing our physical hunger pains can manifest itself 
in hungering, redirecting for hungering for the Lord and his kingdom to come and his will to be done. I've noticed that if we stop feasting on the headlines of this world, then oftentimes anxiety and depression can be replaced with hope and peace. When we feast on the headlines of heaven, that Jesus has come, Jesus will come again, Jesus wins, the death does not have the final answer, but the hope of glory in Christ does. This is the invitation of orienting our hungers. The last thing we see is that it's really the gospel alone that grows the gratitude and generosity of Anna's heart. I need you to see this with me as we land the plane. Anna was from a pious family. Do you realize that? The tribe of Asher. She was part of the righteous remnant. Anna was pure. She was described as a virgin for a reason. Anna practiced her faith. She prayed and fasted and went to the temple every day. Anna, even though she had all of that pedigree and piety in her practice, she still needed a redeemer. She still needed this baby who was born to live the perfect life as full humanity and fully God to die on the cross for her sins. She needed the blood of this baby to be a ransom, a lutron, to buy her from the slavery of sin and purchase her that she might belong solely to God. Even Anna needed Jesus to be her redeemer. How much more someone like me, someone like us, who allow our hearts to feast at the table of this world, the idols of our culture, the empty promises of places that say they'll satisfy us and they never do. Yet again and again we go back. How much more does my heart need to hear the hope of my loving Heavenly Father and invite me to his banquet table of grace? And in this time of Christmas, to say here is the only thing that can really satisfy the hunger of your hearts. My son, Jesus. The only thing that can give you the security you're looking for, my son, Jesus. The only thing that can give you the significance, the substance, the satisfaction that you seek is the bread of life, Jesus Christ. This is why our master teaches that we are blessed when we hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is why when Jesus encounters people like the woman in the well, it transforms everything. And Anna gives us an invitation to examine our hearts, to identify the misplaced places that we hunger, to turn from that and to allow our faith to be focused on feasting on Jesus. This, my friends, brothers and sisters, is what God offers to us this Christmas, a fullness and abundance that comes through the personal work of Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We thank you for the gospel. We all need a savior, Anna, who, wow, by all portrayals of your story in scripture, she was quite a pious and righteous woman. We thank you that even she needed redemption. We too, Lord, we seek to hunger and thirst for you. And we ask that you would 
Help us to know your grace and your love that we might seek you this Christmas, focusing our faith and our hungers on you, Jesus, and not allowing the, the petty things of this world to distract us and um, uh, to deceive us. For only you satisfy. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.